Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show presented by Superdraft. I'm Dave Locker. And with me, Adam Scher, five-game NBA slate, breaking it all down for you right here on the best free content you're going to get in DFS sports. It's awesomeo.com. Adam, a little League of Legends win here, huh? Yeah, nice change of pace from all the losing I've been doing lately. You're playing probably – what are you playing, golf? Uh League of Legends, baseball, basketball. Uh, I'm assuming you get into UFC action as well. You play in NASCAR too? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So. MMA has actually been my best sport over the last month. You're the next Alex Baker, man. Yeah, coming coming uh, for number one. I told him the other day we needed to change the site name. <laughs> coming in hot. Shipmymoney.com. Glad to have everybody with us. Glad to be with you. We've got five games to break down here. Some really interesting ones at that. Uh, I'm quite a big fan of this slate. While researching, it came across some interesting nuggets that might not play at all, might mean nothing. But uh, now we're about a week into the, into, into the restart, and we're starting to get some idea uh, of, of how things look. We're starting to see everything take shape, at least a little bit, uh, for the teams that haven't been dealing with a handful of injuries like the Denver Nuggets. We've got five games, like I said, Adam. Let's kick it off with... Miami and Milwaukee. But before we do, uh, last night, and, and any uh, any NBA or MLB luck? No, hell no. No? No. Okay. Uh, had a top six in NHL, but that wasn't enough to make me money overall either. So. Oh, yeah, NHL, you've been playing that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're getting in on everything. I, I wanted to actually pull something up here, but my fantasy cruncher just froze. So uh, probably not important. Uh, actually, one second here. Go a little lineup study. Yeah, I I was tell, saying to you beforehand the the whole. I know we're talking basketball, but the whole Lance McCullers absolute meltdown. I, I didn't I didn't play him, but I had bet uh, Houston. Really liked Houston yesterday. You know, when a team puts up six runs in the first five innings and loses by seven runs, <laughs> that's when that's when you know you're running bad. Uh, but. Yeah, anyway, let me pull. Okay, so we had the $20 shoot around, $600,000, I believe $150,000 in the first place. Uh, Speaking first, of running bad, I bubbled. My, my best NBA lineup bubbled last night because Brad Wanamaker outscored Jason Tatum. Mm, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> and Karis LeVert. 
So, okay, Jadok played three lineups, cashed two of them. One of them was first place, uh, $150,000. Whew. He, uh, he had Mike Conley. Let me make sure I'm even on the right slate. Very good chance I'm not. Did you, by the way, while I look this up, Thomas Bryant might end up being a, a very good player. I, I think he's clearly a top three center in the league. <laughs> I see what you did there. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, um, Michael Porter Jr., Royce, look at this, dude. Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gobert, Derek White, Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant. Four, four jazz players in the same lineup took down 150K. Yeah, that was that was a really weird first game. Um, obviously, just a ton of scoring from from Utah across the board, uh, but they were also low owned, with the exception of Conley, I think. Yeah, very very strange. When Thomas Bryant had another very big game, uh, Conley Mitchell, they didn't even have that big of games. Royce O'Neal had thirty two, Rudy Gobert fifty three. Um, what a strange winning lineup that is. I've got to tell you, that is not something I would expect to see. Let's jump into the actual games today because that's what we're all here to talk about. Miami and Milwaukee. The Miami Heat are going to be without Jimmy Butler. Goran Dragic is questionable, which is pretty big news here. We'll, so we'll start with Miami. They're nine-point dogs right now going up against a Mike Budenholzer-coached Milwaukee team that sat Giannis and Middleton in the second half of that lost, lost, yeah, lost to the Brooklyn Nets. Told you that could happen. I'd said it many times. Very good chance Budenholzer just throws in the towel, says, who cares about this game? We got it locked up. And that's something we got to pay attention to going forward. They're nine point. uh, Miami's a nine point dog today, 222 total. And uh, Dragic is also questionable. But what makes this one interesting is Goran Dragic in this restart, in the bubble, having played three games, has been very good. He leads the team with a 28.3% usage rate, or a 28% usage rate, uh, sorry, 28.3% usage rate and 28% usage rate on the season when Butler's out, 1.14 fantasy points per minute. If he plays today, uh, this this could be another spot where we go to Goran Dragic, and Milwaukee plays at the, is playing since this started at the fastest pace in the league. Miami's playing at the slowest pace, so it's clearly a huge pace-up spot for the Miami Heat. Yeah, I think that this is a spot where you're going to get a lot of value because Butler being out obviously takes so much usage out of the equation. It also takes uh, some some rebounding and assists out. Um, Dragic, you know, if he's out, that's even more usage. But if he's in, he's inexpensive. Um, Kendrick Nunn is inexpensive. Tyler Hero is is still inexpensive. And you look at the last game they played against Boston without Butler. You got about 28 minutes from Dragic. You got 22 minutes from Tyler Hero. Um, he's certainly someone that could potentially play a little bit more, um, you know, in any given game. You got only 16 minutes from Kendrick Nunn, which obviously is a, was a little bit surprising. Um, but there's just so many capable guards, so many guards that are capable of scoring, and they're all pretty cheap in a, a pace-up spot. Yeah, 28.3 minutes for Dragic off the bench. It's probably around where you have to put him, but he's he's really operating with a with 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 heavy usage. I think his assist rate uh, is only set to climb. Three assists in a case like this uh is is something that I would expect to increase for Goran Dragic. So, 
at 5,000 on DraftKings specifically, this is a very good spot. Uh, we know that Butler is already out. What about um, what about somebody like like Tyler Hero, another one of those guards that uh, is cheap and, and has some potential, but he's pretty reliant on scoring, almost entirely reliant on scoring? I think at his price point, he's still a good value. It's definitely someone that I'd be kind of cautious about the ownership with because, you know, like I mentioned, he still only played 21.9 minutes against Boston. Um, he shot really well in the second quarter, but didn't really do anything in the second half. Uh, certainly could see him get more minutes if he shoots well throughout the game. But anytime you're getting a scoring dependent player that's probably playing somewhere around 22 minutes, it obviously can go south really quickly. But at 3,600, um, Hero without Butler on the floor this year has averaged 0.88 DraftKings points per minute. He has a 25% usage rate. If Dragic sits, that obviously opens up even more minutes for him and for Kendrick Nunn. It's definitely the type of play where if it lets you get to, to some really, you know, top end talent, it's, there's really nothing but upside at 3,600 for Hero. Goran Dragic averaging 10.3 potential assists per game in the bubble. Uh, Kelly Olenek's a really interesting one here. He averaged, he had 12 potential assists last game, which is pretty miraculous. Uh, usage rate is around 21%. Uh, he's getting pretty sizable minutes. Everything about Kelly Olynyk just leads me to think this will be the day where I roster him everywhere and he ends up doing nothing. Uh, his, his effective field goal percentage is 66%. Uh, he's played 30-plus minutes in back-to-back games. Uh, the, he's he's assisting at a 25% clip, 10.5% rebound rate. These are numbers that they just seem entirely unsustainable, but here we are, and and here's Eric Spolster continuing to give him a, a sizable helping of minutes every day. And I think it, it, so long as he continues to play decent basketball – uh, it continues. I just, God, I hate guessing on Kelly Olynyk. It makes me miserable. Olynyk's one of my least favorite DFS guys to to have to consider because normally when you're a lot in a lot of situations when you talk about guys that are in and out of the rotation like Olynyk is, they're not really productive players, and that's why they're in and out of the rotation. But Kelly Olynyk, you know, without Jimmy Butler on the floor this year, has averaged 0.94 DraftKings points per minute. Um, he rebounds, he gets assists. You know, he has a 13.8% assist percentage without Butler. He he's a productive player when he's in there. So you're basically just guessing at is Eric Spolstra going to get pissed off at Kelly Olynyk today and take him out? Um, it, it's not. You don't really have that path with him where yeah, maybe he'll play 30 minutes, but he'll probably only get 20 points anyway. Like he he produces at a high rate to where if he does play the the minutes that you're that everyone's expecting, he's someone you're going to want in your lineup. So it's always really scary to fade him when there's an obvious when the expectation is that he plays a lot of minutes. Yeah. Um, do we have ownership updated for NBA yet? Let me see here. The 130 game isn't on DraftKings or FanDuel, by the way, for anybody wondering. Oh, Linux so, second highest owned on DraftKings right yep. now at 43%. There you go. Second highest down 43% ownership at 4,800. Uh, does that change your opinion, though, uh, knowing what we do know about Kelly Olenek? I know he's played really well, but uh, with that ownership, does does that change your opinion at all? 
I think normally once you know, he, he's at 4,800, which is still cheap, but it at least is at a price point where there's going to be a lot of options around him that, that have similar ranges of outcomes. So typically what ends up happening for me there is I'll end up getting around like 50% if he does project as, as like the top value. Um, like I know that's across 150 lineups. I would have come in with about 50, 55% Brandon Clark yesterday, for example. Um, and I think it's kind of similar. Um, the thing about basketball is that, you know, obviously, and we talk about it a lot, you don't have to just pivot off of the the most popular plays. You can take stands in a lot of different places. You only need one or two in your lineup. Um, so I, I think that, you know, Olenek being 40% on makes sense. It's not an ownership percentage that I look at it and I'm just like, what is everyone doing? It's not Brad Wanamaker at 25% last night, which was just absolutely insane. You know, I think it's a, an ownership that makes a lot of sense. It's not one that I'm looking to definitely be way under, but it's high enough where, um, it, you know, I, I think there are going to be pivots that, that are pretty um, – pretty good at that price point. The reason I ask is because Kelly Olenek is somebody that when very popular uh, is not, it's a different scenario than earlier in the year. There's no question about that where Myers Leonard was actually getting minutes uh, and Kelly Olenek was, was at the mercy of, of uh, Eric Spolstra off the bench. If he'd come out and and, and missed three, three point attempts in a row, uh, what you would generally see is he would be out of there. We saw it a lot. And then, you fade him and he has huge games. So uh, I get the ownership, as you're saying, but I definitely think if there is one spot you're trying to be different, 40-plus percent Kelly Olenek is not getting away from that. It's not the craziest idea. Someone in chat mentioned if he's chalking and he goes for 40 and you don't have him, you're done. Sure. Uh, but, you know, the the likelihood that we get another 40 spot from Kelly Olenek, I, I don't know how high that is. Again, you – just consider some of the numbers here, right? Like his, uh, like I already mentioned his his effective field goal percentage. It's through the roof. Uh, if you look at his uh, true shooting percentage, you have Olinick at sixty eight point four percent, twenty five percent assists. And I know we can take Butler off the floor and and, and we can draw some conclusions from that as well. Uh, but the, the simple point is. That there are some things that Kelly Olynyk is doing right now that uh, are, are nowhere close to what he does for his career or on the season. So uh, something to keep in mind. What are your thoughts on Bam uh, Adebayo here? $7,700. Yeah, I mean, Bam without Butler, you, you should get more assist opportunities for him as well. He's averaged one and a quarter DraftKings points per minute without Butler out there this year. So I think that the salary looks really, really good for him. Um, you know, fast-paced game plays to his strengths as well, because he does so much, you know, he's not a, a, a true center as far as, you know, lumbering up and down the floor or anything. So I think Bam looks like a really good option. The only thing that, that kind of sucks is that he's only center eligible on DraftKings. But even so, if you're expecting around, uh, you know, 33, 34 minutes from him, he played 32, uh, 31.7 in each of the last two games, actually. But if you're expecting somewhere in that, in that range and one and a quarter fantasy points per minute, I think he looks like a really good option. Do you have any other interest in Miami? And, and keep in mind, if Goran Dragic does not play, that that's going to change a lot, right? Because he's getting 23 minutes. Not only has he been, or not only has he been playing around 28 minutes, but Butler would be off too. And Goran Dragic leads the team in usage over the last three games. He's been very involved as somebody that's been injured a lot of the season and clearly playing hobbled at points. There might be an argument there that Goran Dragic is just the healthiest he's been all year. Uh, and this four-plus-month hiatus has actually helped him a lot. 
With with Butler and Dragic off the floor this season, Adebayo has a 28.6% usage rate. Duncan Robinson – actually, I'm sorry. Wait, that is wrong. Let me go back. I only had these certain dates filtered. So since the start of the year, let's do this again. Uh, Leading usage rate is Kendrick None. No, it is – Tyler Hero at 24.7%, 231 minutes. Kendrick Nunn at 24%. Uh, he's averaging 1.03 fantasy points per minute. Hero, 0.88. Uh, and then Bam is at 22.2, but 1.24 DraftKings points per minute. This is with Butler and Goran Dragic off the floor. So I, I suppose I could take Winslow off, but that's not going to make any bit of difference. Does, does anybody else here on Miami? It's a team we have to cover a lot on today especially given two factors. One, Milwaukee is playing at the league's fastest pace. That's now, and even before the bubble started, they were one of the fastest teams in the league. Uh, and I don't know if Budenholzer is going to rest half of his guys in the second half and open things up even more so for this Heat squad. Yeah, I think that um, Andre Iguodala is probably not someone we've mentioned ever this season, but he's only 3,300 on DraftKings, and he played 30.8 minutes uh, closed the last game against Boston without Butler. So not the most productive player, but still can get you around three quarters of a fantasy point per minute. And he's close to minimum salary. So I think that's a, a pretty good point per dollar value, not the highest ceiling in the world, obviously. Um, as far as the backcourt goes, you know, we talked about Tyler Hero. Right now we have Kendrick Nunn projected for 10% ownership on DraftKings at 4,100. I'd be kind of surprised if he gets ownership. I mean, I guess it is only a five game slate, but he's coming off of 16 and a half minutes last game and 15.7 minutes the game before that, where he did deal with some foul trouble. If the ownership on him is low, it is the kind of play that I like taking a shot on in tournaments because he's averaged almost 30 minutes per game this season. Um, There's nothing substantially different about this Miami team other than Jimmy Butler not playing today. So I have no reason to think that if Kendrick Nunn actually plays well, that he can play a bunch of minutes. He's for the season average 0.91 DraftKings points per minute without Butler on the floor. So it's obviously a really low floor play for someone that hasn't touched 20 minutes in either of his last two games. But when you look at the the season as a whole and, and don't just exclusively focus on what's happened in Orlando, he's been one of the primary producers for Miami. Oh, by the way, we went out of order with uh, the game, these two four o'clock games here. Um, so we'll go straight back to the Indy Phoenix one after this. I'm using the DraftKings DFS schedule, which is a little bit different. So um, on the Milwaukee side, Giannis and, and Chris Middleton did not play the second half. They dropped that game to Brooklyn, but it doesn't mean anything because they're already locked into that one spot. Uh, Robin Lopez started in place of Brooke Lopez, who's questionable, fouled out in 20 minutes. Uh, and then Bledsoe played a little bit in the third quarter. But my assumption is Budenholzer just wanted to get his legs going a little bit. Uh, had this been a spot where Bledsoe had played every game so far, he probably wouldn't have started the third quarter either. Um, but Giannis is averaging 2.17 DraftKings points per minute since jumping back into this restart. Uh, he's an absolute dominant monster fantasy-wise and just in, in general. Do you have concerns that we're going to see the same thing happen today? And if we don't, do you see him playing more than 31 or so minutes? I don't know if I would say concern is the right word. You know, I don't think it's the most likely outcome that they... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free any time, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Just keep resting him in the second half. It, it's certainly a possibility, and I think that there's a higher possibility that you kind of just see shortened rotations and, you know, maybe 28 minutes instead of 32 or 33. I think that the, the problem with trying to guess at that is that everyone has the same concerns. I'm sure if you watch a bunch of shows today or read a bunch of articles, every single person is going to mention that we have no idea what Budenholzer's plan is for, for minutes. You know, you look at the last league where obviously, you know, Giannis only played 16 minutes, but he was 3% owned because everybody was so concerned. Um, if, you know, right now we have him in 19%, but if the field in general is going to just shy away from the best fantasy point per minute guy in the world, because they don't know what's going to happen. I like being on the other side and hoping and, embracing the uncertainty and trying to get, you know, low ownership on the best fantasy player. So th- there is a ton of uncertainty. I-, I wouldn't go there in cash games. You can go to um, guys that produce at a similar rate and have a lot better uh, or, or a lot tighter window of minutes um, in the range of outcomes. But in tournaments, if, if people are going to shy away from Giannis, I will still go there because it's Giannis and because I don't really know what to expect. I agree with your premise entirely, but the fact that right now Luca at almost the exact same price is getting less ownership than Giannis makes me feel like I can get away from Giannis easier without having to worry about that. Like, yeah, I, was, I agree with that. I was certain Doncic would be getting wait, wait till we get to that game. The, the numbers, granted, they played two overtime games, but the numbers for Doncic are absolutely insane. So, I th- I'd be surprised if. I'd be surprised if at lock those ownerships exactly. are, are where they are. Luca's exactly. coming off of an 83 point game and Giannis is coming off of a 16 minute game. I don't, that's why I'm saying I agree with your premise. Like yeah. if, if ownership shifts on this and, and Doncic is doubling up Giannis's ownership, then we have an entirely different conversation for sure. Right. Uh, but if Giannis is projected for more owners, let's just say lock comes and Giannis is projected for more ownership than Doncic. Uh, that makes it a little bit easier for me to to make some different decisions there. Yeah, just give me yeah, give me a look at that. What about the rest of Milwaukee? We don't know what's going on with Brooke Lopez. Uh, I will say again that Robin Lopez let a lot of people down for sure. Fouled out in that last game uh, after playing only twenty minutes. So you know, take that into consideration. He is very cheap. Uh, do you have interest in the rest of the Bucks? Not really. No. Um, Middleton, I think, is pretty fairly priced. If Brooke Lopez plays, I think his price is pretty much where it should be. I don't think there's a lot of, of extra value there. Bledsoe, we don't really know what the minutes are going to look like. If you expect like 24 minutes from him, then there's at least some merit to you know like a $5,200 price tag, but it's still not going to be a priority for me. And then everyone else kind of just falls off because Milwaukee has so many healthy players right now. Okay. Yeah, pay attention to Brooke Lopez and Goran Dragic. That's going to make a big difference. Fortunately, it's the first game that's going to lock on the slate, along with Indian Phoenix. So uh, you've got the Indiana Pacers and the Phoenix Suns, who, by the way, 
Don't look now, but I think the Suns have won all three games since starting this. I know they beat the Wizards. They beat the Wizards. They beat the Clippers. They're playing pretty well. Um, they really are. But in this one, they're two, only two and a half point dogs, 229 and a half total here inside uh, Magic Kingdom or whatever it is. It's in Orlando. So Sabonis so is out. He's, he's nowhere, according to, to Nate McMillan, he's just nowhere close to returning. And uh, Aaron Baines still out for Phoenix. Aside from that, well, sorry, let me back up. Uh, Kelly Oubre is also doubtful to play. And then you have Malcolm Brogdon, who's questionable. Batadze is questionable uh, as well. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But uh, on the indie side, the, the numbers on TJ Warren are, are really insane. Uh, 29% usage. His true shooting, Adam, is 77.3% in these three games. 1.52 fantasy points per minute. He's averaging 40 minutes per game and 4.3 stocks per game. Let's start with him because uh, it's outrageous what he's doing right now and un- completely unsustainable. I I just don't know how he can continue, continue at this pace making like 75% or from a true shooting percentage, 77.3% is such an insane number. Yeah, I mean, it's just the perfect example of you have years and years of TJ of TJ Warren playing basketball. Any you know over a few games, sure he can he can go crazy, but you shouldn't be changing the way you project him. Other than you know giving him like thirty eight minutes because that's obviously what they're playing him. But his salary has adjusted to his recent performance, and you know not saying he's going to get a ton of ownership because the salary has gone up. But uh, you know right now we only have him at one percent. Um, but some people you know I mean game log watching is the thing. Some people will still think TJ Warren's a great play even though the salary's gone up. I'm sure some people talked them onto the Phoenix narrative, talked themselves onto the Phoenix narrative as well. Um, it's it's just not a spot that I'm going to go to with any sort of regularity because I just think that he's basically priced for the way he's been performing as opposed to what he actually is as a player. He is now four hundred dollars more expensive than Kawhi Leonard on FanDuel. <laughs> so uh, there's that. Right, he's a hundred dollars less expensive than Nikola Jokic. He's more expensive than Porzingis. Kawhi Leonard, Devin Booker. You do what you want to do with this one, but it might be a good spot to get away from TJ Warren. And as you pointed out, it seems like that's what people are doing. Once you get priced up there, it's insane. And yeah, it's not like it was like a a slight adjustment where he went from like sixty two hundred to you know seven k or something up to a pretty ridiculous price point now. And and I get the notion that well, hey. uh, Pay up to be contrarian. No, uh, you know, going to somebody like like TJ Warren because nobody else is going there. Yeah, if I'm comparing him to the players around him, that's going to make it really difficult for me to get there. I do want to ask you about um, Victor Oladipo, though. He played 27 minutes last game, but I, I actually have no concerns about that at all. McMillan said he was going to go 28 to 32. He played 27. Uh, they had a very comfortable lead over Orlando. Uh the Magic started making some inroads, but never caught up. And I think McMillan said, you know what? I'll just throw the other starters on the court and, and give Oladipo some rest. The, the encouraging point here is not only that he's 5,500 and facing the Phoenix Suns, but he played 27 minutes through three quarters, right? So it wasn't like he was limited throughout the entire game. He played 27 minutes through three quarters. So my assumption here is if this game's close, and it should be, he comes back, closes out the fourth, 
and gets himself around 32 or 33 minutes. That That's the way I see this playing out. All he needs is that fourth quarter rotation, and you're talking about an entirely different game. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, one more thing to point out on Warren. I just pulled it up because obviously last game we had Brogdon and Oladipo in. Um, Warren had a really big game, but he only had a 23.3% usage rate, which is much more in line with what he's doing. He's hitting every season. shot. Yeah, he shot 13 for 17. But, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, the opportunities in that game are much more in line with what we expect from him. It's not like a whole lot changed. He had two rebounds. He had three assists. He went crazy with blocks and steals again, um, took 17 shots. He's just normally not going to make 13 of them. So um, it, it's it, I, I'd be a little bit more concerned about not rostering him or not considering him if he had, you know, once again, had a 30 percent usage rate. But that wasn't the case, as we would expect. Um, as far as Oladipo goes, I, I'm with you. You know, he played 32 minutes prior to the game that he missed. Um, the minutes looked fine last game. I expect, you know, 32 to 33 if this one's competitive. He's only 5,500 in a good matchup against Phoenix. I, it, yeah, it's it's the opposite of TJ Warren. I mean, he's just priced through the floor right now. Like if Victor Oladipo lets you down at 5,500, you got pretty unlucky. Uh, there's definitely a better chance that Oladipo is someone you have to have in your lineup at 5,500 than someone that kills your lineup at that price. By the way, Warren has a 56% true shooting percentage for his career. Uh, he's at 77.3 right now. Just want to kind of drive that point home. Yeah, Maybe but I like Oladipo the here. the entire time in Orlando, and he's used to it. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, Oladipo ownership is at 23.9% on DraftKings. So he's definitely not going to be overlooked. Uh, on FanDuel, you get him at 19%, 5,600. That's not bad. I, I think it's 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 very solid here. I, I wish he produced more in terms of assists, but uh, at fifty five hundred, I'll take my chances that that Oladipo is going to be the guy to to rip off a forty point game, and and TJ Warren hits the back burner for a night. What about uh what about the the point guard position? Malcolm Brogdon is currently questionable to play. Um, he. He's played in both games, though, and I didn't see him get in, have any setbacks after playing 33 minutes against Orlando just two days ago. So my, I'm working on the assumption that he will be active today. Yeah, that's my assumption as well. He's been listed with this injury before. He sat one game, played the next one. Um, I assume he's good to go. If he's not, then you do get more usage for Warren. You get more production for Oladipo. But assuming he's in, you know, I'm expecting another 32 to 34 minutes. His salary is is starting to rise. Um, it's coming from a point where he was just clearly mispriced. I mean, the guy was 50 to 60% owned. So it, it's not that he's overpriced now. He's just not the easiest play in the world. Like now Oladipo is that guy. Um, but Brogdon is, is still a good play in his own right. Eric says he'd rather play Aaron Holiday than Oladipo if Brogdon sits. Um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't. Nope. Uh, at all. Uh, Aaron Holiday is, I, I don't know, I, I think we're completely ignoring the ceiling that Oladipo has because, you know, he had a stretch of the season there where he came back from an injury, was super limited, and, and wasn't at 100%. Uh, I'm not particularly worried about him now. Uh, and if he plays 33 minutes, 32 minutes, and Holiday plays 34, uh, I'm going to take Oladipo all day long there. So yeah. that's we, we only have 88 minutes with Oladipo on the floor with, with Aaron holiday and Oladipo on the floor. Um, Aaron holiday over those 88 minutes though. Um, so again, you're not the biggest sample size, but 11 and a half percent usage percentage, 8.2% assist percentage. Um, What's his per minute uh, fantasy points? 0.46 DraftKings. Yeah. 
Now um, that'll probably well, come up. Oladipo's rates, he has a 32.2% usage rate and a 26.3% assist percentage. Obviously, you don't want to take too much away from 88 minutes, but I think it points to the obvious assumption that Oladipo is the one dominating the ball there. Yeah. And uh, did you have Sabonis factored into that? No, because it was only 88 minutes just with those two. Yeah, I figured it wouldn't be a lot at all, but... Brogdon played played seven of them. Sabonis played 77. Warren played 57. Okay. Uh, give me give me Oladipo. It's seven hundred dollar increase there all day long. Anything else for Indy? If you want to talk Miles Turner or the front court, or we uh, can move on to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I still think Turner is um, at a pretty good price point. DeAndre Ayton's not someone that you're going to be too concerned about as far as uh, defensive ability goes. You got thirty five minutes from Turner last game against Orlando, so I'm you know I think barring foul trouble, you should get somewhere in the the. 34 minute range for Turner. He's a productive player and his rates go up without Sabonis. So um, I, I do think he's a good value. I'd say he's my second. It, it's close between him and Brogdon. Um, Oladipo is the clear one for me from Indiana. Okay. So Devin Booker has been extremely good in this restart 33.9% usage rate, 26% assist rate, averaging 1.35 DraftKings points per minute. It's It's been kind of interesting too, though, because when you look at touches per game, you go and tracking on NBA.com, uh, it's super spread out. They're, they're moving the ball a lot. Like Booker is averaging 60 touches per game, which is not a lot. Wait till you see what Doncic is at and Nikola Jokic. Uh, Rubio is around 70. They're both averaging north of 11 potential assists, though, and, and are, are pretty much dictating the flow of the, the Phoenix Suns offense. Where are you at on, on Devin Booker here coming off that Sick game-winning shot against the LA Clippers. I think he's fine. I I, I don't know. I'm, I like Booker a lot as far as the ceiling goes. He's just someone that I feel like I never get to in DFS as much as the field does. Um, it's not a matchup I love against Indiana, but the opportunities will be there. The minutes have been there. He's coming off a game where he played over 37 minutes. Um, you know he's going to shoot a lot. Kind of looking at guys in this price range, um, Porzingis is similarly priced. McCollum, I, I'd take Booker over McCollum. You have Paul George, who's less expensive. Kawhi isn't much more expensive. I, th- I think, you know, obviously ignoring position, but Kawhi and George, I would prefer. I, I think it'll be, it'll be, it's not like Booker's going to be in like, you know, 60% of my lineups or something because there's just so many guys in that price range that are good. But I think that there is plenty of upside for him at only 8,300. Okay. He's getting a little bit of ownership here. Kawhi Leonard getting a little bit more. Um, Paul George getting a little more. They're, they're kind of grouped. Paul George and Booker are pretty close. Kawhi Leonard right now is like top seven on DraftKings, second highest projected ownership on Fandle. So uh, that will make things interesting in what should be a very high-scoring game against the Dallas Mavericks. DeAndre Ayton was a chalk play last time out. His price has actually come down. He was a bit disappointing, though. Played 38 minutes. Uh, you give me 38 minutes from Aiton, you would really expect him to to produce better numbers. That wasn't the case. No stocks whatsoever. Uh, managed only seven rebounds in that game, which to, to me was a little bit distressing because he is somebody that is a very good rebounder. And, you know, it's just one game. I get that. But Zubats ate him up on the boards. There's no question. Zubats dominated the boards in that game. Nice call uh, on that, by the way. What's he say? I said, nice call on Zubat. Oh, thanks. Yeah, more, more foul trouble. He lost like three minutes to foul trouble in the first uh, quarter, though. So I was wrong when I said I think he get 30, but he was on pace for 27. 
Um, anyway, DeAndre Ayton in that game had uh, 15 rebound chances. So it's not like they aren't there, Adam. He just couldn't manage any of them with Zubats eating them up on the glass. Yeah, I mean, the biggest takeaway for me is is the playing time. He played 37 and a half minutes. Huge Obviously, minutes. you're going to have some games that are disappointing, but Miles Turner is not a great rebounder anyway. So um, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it there for Aiton. And you have such a long track record of, of what he does when he's on the floor. Um, for the season, he's averaged 1.2 DraftKings points per minute. He's definitely one of the reasons why when we talked about Bam Adebayo, I said that I like Bam a lot, but where he's only center eligible, it will still be tough to make him you know a huge priority even with Butler out because, you know, like on DraftKings, you have DeAndre Ayton for $500 less playing just as many, if not more minutes. His season-long rates are basically the same as their season long per minute rates are basically the same as BAMs when, when Butler's out and you're getting a discount here. So I, I think that Aiton is plus he has power forward eligibility on DraftKings. So I do expect him to be one of my, one of the guys that's in a ton of my lineups tonight. All right. Um, any thoughts on Cameron Johnson with Kelly Oubre once again, expected out of the lineup. He's playing a lot of minutes. He's just, not there, there's no usage to go around there. You know, Booker and, and, and Rubio are initiating the offense. He's not going to touch the ball that often, but he has played 40 and, and 38 minutes over his last two games. Yeah, I thought his minutes last game were really interesting because um, two games ago there was foul. Like, I think Booker was in foul trouble. Aiton was in foul trouble. Sarge at one point. Yeah, Booker was in foul fouled trouble. out after 31 minutes. Right. So it was really easy to see how Cam Johnson got 40 minutes there. But a lot of times you see when these young players get a lot of playing time and play well, then they're rewarded. And that's what we saw last game where he got a ton of run. The problem is, is just what you said, though. You can play Cam Johnson all the minutes you want. He's not 36 or 3,700. He's 4,900 on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's 4,200. So he's definitely more palatable there at small forward. Um, but for the season, he's only averaged 0.75 DraftKings points per minute. He's not taking usage away from Devin Booker. He's not taking usage away from DeAndre Ayton. So there's only so much there. Um, so a really price-dependent play. Um, FanDuel, I think he's really interesting. DraftKings, I have virtually no interest any thoughts on Ricky Rubio before we move on to this next game? He's it's 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 been very odd watching him play because he's getting a lot of opportunity and when he's on the floor, but uh, Rubio is one of the few guys whose minutes actually have been limited since they got back underway. Yeah, that was that's what I was going to say was that um, normally I do have interest in Rubio. I think he's kind of a better fantasy player than than a lot of people give him credit for. He's only six K on Fanduel, so I think even with the potential minute concerns that's a pretty good price point on DraftKings. He's 60. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. D600. Um, I, I think that, you know, like I would just rather go to like Malcolm Brogdon for $200 more, for example. If Rubio was giving me, if I could rely on him to get dev- similar minutes to Booker, you know, and Aiton, I would have a ton of interest in him here. But yeah, if you if you give me the 34 minutes that Ricky Rubio was playing regularly earlier this season. And, and so, I mean, I guess that's. That's why he's at least somewhat interesting. Like if you're talking, he could get those. Right, he could get it. There's, there's no, there's no reason he can't. But at the same time, um, you know, they 
have pretty clearly been giving Payne the backup the backup minutes, and he's getting his you know sixteen to eighteen minutes a game. Yeah, it's just a little bit surprising to me, uh, but it is. What I guess it is. It, I mean it does it does kind of make sense for them to want to see campaign play. I guess. Sure. Um, we all know they don't have a chance, but like I said, they've not. Here's what I'm wondering, right? They've won all three games. They're like two and a half games out. It's very unlikely that, that they get there. I don't think any of us expect it to happen, but they are actually in a position now, Adam, where they might. Tr- they're, they're, here's the way I see it, right? Monty Williams, if you're Monty Williams, you say, look, we know there's probably no chance, but we're stuck in this bubble. We're three and oh, you know, right? We've won th- each of our first three games. We beat the Clippers. I, I'm, I, I'm going to keep running my guys out there and see what we can do because what else are you going to do? You can't go home. They're like that tournament team when you're a kid, like AAU or whatever, where you're in some tournament where you expect to be outmatched and then you win your first few games. And it's just like, guys, we're here. Like, we may as well just, you know, try and win this. Exactly right. Uh, And you know what? It's a cool story. It'd be awesome. Even if they don't make it, it'd be great if Phoenix went like six and two in in this. And And even the Wizards yesterday, right? Granted, the Sixers, by the way, this should surprise nobody. Keep betting teams against the spread when they face the Sixers because it just is as predictable as anything. They're 0-3 against the spread in the bubble. No surprise. But I was while I watched that game, and, and all I could think was, I love seeing what Washington's doing here. They know they have no chance, right? They're virtually they're all they're not technically eliminated, but they have no chance. Maybe last, maybe yesterday eliminated them. Point being, Adam. Thomas Bryant was fired up. Ish Smith was, 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 you know, incredible. These guys are setting picks, trying to run through picks, doing everything they can, playing physical in a game that really meant nothing to them. So it's been cool to see that with a lot of these teams, even though they know they don't have a shot. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, I guess, kind of a benefit of some of the teams being left home. The teams that are here, even if they're not very good, they know they're getting an advantage over other teams if they take if they choose to take advantage of it and play their young guys. So I think that's kind of been been good to see. And as far as Phoenix goes, they're only one and a half games now out of the play-in game. Against I know. Memphis, I they, know. They're, they're one and a half back of Portland. They're a half game back of San Antonio and New Orleans. Yeah, they are 3-0. and and New Orleans is obviously going the wrong direction. They're not even really trying with, with Zion. So They did last game, though, and they ended up winning. Well, I don't know. Would you consider that trying 25 minutes for Zion? And he had a huge sort of. game, and they won? Sort of. I yeah, mean, it's I, more than they did before. Memphis is 0-4. They, they're struggling right now. I'm telling you right now, there will be no play-in game where Memphis has to – I said this before it started. I'm saying it now. Memphis will not have a, a an opportunity to win only one play-in game. If they are there, they'll need to win two. What I'm saying is there will be another team in the eighth seed when this when yeah. these I mean these seeds Jer- and, and now Jaron Jackson's out too. So exactly, uh, Portland. I, I we'll get back on on track here, but I just want to get your opinion on this. When we did the NBA 2K Sim and we did the 2020 playoffs with uh, Josh and Ben and myself. Well, we partnered up with FanDuel for it. Um, Portland went to the finals. And, you know, maybe that's going to be willed into existence. Not saying it happens, but I think Portland with Damian Lillard and the way Yusuf Nurkic is playing could be a dangerous team if they make it in. I wouldn't want to play them. Um, no. they're, they're, I mean, they, they have they're, – they're a dangerous team. They have 
a guy that in any given series can be the best player on the floor. And then they have good players around them too, with Nurkic and McCollum. you know, it's a, it's not a deep team. It's not a team that is going to be favored, but they're dangerous. It's just like, you know, I wouldn't want to play the wizards as an eight seed with Bradley Beal. So he can go out there and just win new games. Right. All right. Let's keep it going here. Uh, did you want to hit on anything else for the Suns? I think we got to most of it. No, that, that's it. I mean, you're getting a lot of minutes for Johnson and Bridges, but uh, Aiton and Booker are the, the clear priorities. LA Clippers, Dallas Mavericks. Before we do that, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Superdraft. If you haven't downloaded it, go to the App Store or Android, whatever you use for that. Download the app. Or if you're a desktop kind of guy, go to Super or, or girl, go to Superdraft.io and check out what they've got to offer. First of all, the best thing about it is they have contests that are very winnable. Uh, you know, might not be 100K to first, but 2,500, 3,000, 5,000 to first. It's a good chunk of change. And I know a lot of people would be very happy to take that down every day or at least be in contention for it. And you're not going up against 150 lineups either. But it's different than your DraftKings and your Fandle. It is a multiplier mode. So there's no salaries, right? No salaries, but all multipliers. So, for example, if you get a player like Luka Doncic and if you want to go follow along superdraft.io, you can do that yourself. Uh, if, 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 if you look at somebody like Luka Doncic, he's not going to have a, it's going to be a one X multiplier, meaning if he scores 70, he gets 70. But if you take somebody like, let's, let me look here. How about Goran Dragic? 1.6 multiplier. That's a crazy number today. If Dragic plays, goes out, gets 28, 29 minutes, has 40 fantasy points. Well, then you're getting a huge total from him at 1.6. So while you can play whoever you want, you can play Doncic, Harden, Lillard, Westbrook, all these guys with 1x multipliers, but it, it's, it's, it might not be as good as grabbing guys that have 1.618 two times. Uh, the strategy is a lot of fun, and you can use projections for other sites uh, to, to dictate what you want to do. So check it out. And while the best part outside of the fact that they are winnable tournaments is that you get 10 free dollars and Supercast simply by signing up and using the code AWESEMO10, A-W-E-S-E-M-O-1-0, all one word, when you deposit $10 or more. If you deposit $100 or more, you get $20 in Supercast injected straight into your balance on the site. So download it at Superdraft or on the app or check it out at Superdraft.io. That is Superdraft. All right. Uh, two down, three to go. Clippers, Dallas. So the LA Clippers will be without Patrick Beverly. This game is another one I expect to be very close. Clippers four-point favorites, 228.5 total. I also uh, think you could see this game go over. Now, when it comes to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, both of them are, are, are set to get a decent amount of ownership today. You mentioned that you'd like both of them potentially over Devin Booker. Tell me why. They're just better. Um I mean, the, you, you expect Booker to play more minutes probably, but you do have Kawhi coming off of a 37-minute game last time. Uh, George played 36 minutes as well, so that that's obviously good to see. And both of those guys just, you know, I think are they, they contribute a little bit more across the board than Booker does. Um, also, typically, it, it's more valuable to be able to play them at forward than, than at guard because there's just so many high upside guards every slate. Um, so I, I think that they're going to be similar it's a booker, but I'd give both of them the edge just because I think they produce at a little bit higher level. Okay. Are you, are you, well, let, let's talk about, um, let's talk about our, our guy, Evita Zubats for a minute. Last game, around 25 minutes. 
Like I said, I think he lost around three to foul trouble. Probably would have got up around 27 and a half, 28 minutes, which I'm okay with. Um, very efficient shooting, 18.12 rebound game, five personal fouls. Not surprising. That, that has been an issue with him. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he sits at 4,800. Uh, I really like him last one. I don't know if this is a day where I where you need to get to Zubats. I do think we're going to have value looking at Miami and looking at a couple of other spots. But um, give me your opinion on the front court for the L.A. Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that Zubats playing, you know, mid-20s makes sense again. Obviously, it's a scary matchup dealing with Porzingis. Um, but I, I would expect that barring foul trouble, he gets out there again. Uh, it's, it's. I agree that you don't really need to go there for the value, though. And you have to certainly keep in mind the opportunity cost as well. You know, when you look, for example, you, you compare him to guys on Miami that are cheap and eligible at guard or forward, it's not costing you, uh, you know, Jokic and Nurkic and Aiton and uh, – and bam, you know, and, and all these miles Turner, like centers are really deep positions. So you definitely have to keep in in mind the value of that position. And, and it's not just, you know, point per dollar relative to Zubat. So it'll make it really, really tough to get to him. Um, even though I think, you know, the minutes should be there barring foul trouble. Yeah. As of now, I don't, I don't see it happening. As a matter of fact, this Clippers team is one where I'm, I guess Kawhi and Paul George are, are 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 very viable. I don't know how much I love this Clippers team, though. Uh, it, it, like I said, I, I do expect it to be a relatively high-scoring game, and, and and that's good. They're just they do so much to move this ball around. And, and Lou Williams is five thousand on DraftKings. We can talk about that. I don't know what his playing time is going to look like, but. You know, you have your Reggie Jackson in there, who was the last man off the bench, Adam, but still played uh, really. He still played enough minutes to cut into to somebody like Lou. Um, It's I don't know. Ultimately, I, I just find this being one of those teams where a few guys are perfectly fine, but I'm not in love with anyone. George, 7,800. Kawhi Leonard, 8,700. Leonard's uh, 8,600 on FanDuel. So I get it. But uh, I'm just not enamored with anyone here, including Zubats, including Marcus Morris, including Reggie Jackson. Uh, but I guess you can break down a little bit more if you'd like what you see this backcourt looking like now that Lou Williams is back one game under his belt and Patrick Beverly is back on the bench. Yeah, so I mean, in the second half against Phoenix, uh, you had Reggie Jackson get the start. He played about 15 minutes in the half. So I, I still think you're probably looking at around 28 minutes from him like Lou Williams was limited but I think that you can take some minutes away from from Shamit before Jackson most likely um like like in the fourth quarter Shamit played eight minutes and 40 seconds Williams played five minutes I think that three minutes and 40 seconds can be taken off of Shamit and given to Williams um before you start taking minutes from Jackson so I still expect around 28 minutes from him the price tags come up on DraftKings though on FanDuel he's 4k so a much better play on on FanDuel than DraftKings Williams is kind of interesting. He's 4,700 on FanDuel. He's 5K on DraftKings. This is the kind of guy where the range of outcomes is just so wide that it appeals to me. We, uh, Doc Rivers prior to last game basically said that Williams would be limited by his lungs, um, that, you know, he had been quarantining. He hadn't been, you know, playing basketball. So he kind of would. Wait, he never, he never, he never caught the Rona though, right? No, but he spent 10 days in his hotel room after his uh, wing run. <laughs> There's got to be some great wings, man. <laughs> Go ahead. They're named after him. Yeah. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, he played 21 minutes last game. I don't really see any reason why he couldn't get up to, tw- you know, mid twenties here. And we know that he's the third leading scorer on this team, like behind Kawhi and George, the scoring goes through Lou Williams. So, you know, he's certainly the kind of guy where there's a really wide range of outcomes for a player as cheap as he is. Most guys in that price range aren't going to give you that same ceiling. So uh, it does have some appeal. Um, Kawhi and George, I don't think I'd want to play together on this particular slate. That's It's not something that I mind doing sometimes, but this slate's just so loaded with good plays that I don't really want to allocate, you know, $16,000, $17,000 to two guys that are that cannibalize each other to some extent here. Yeah, I'm with you. Let me give you some numbers on Luca. And before anybody says anything, I'm well aware that he's been in a couple OT games, but it, it honestly doesn't matter. Take a guess what his drives per game are in this bubble. I have no point of reference on that. All right. Um, but you know that a lot are like a lot of drives per game would be like anywhere from 17 to 20. Right. So knowing that, I was going to guess like 23 since you're asking me. 33.7. That's insane. <laughs> Granted, like I said, I, I get it overtime, but still 33.7. He's averaging 124 touches per game. He's, he's averaging an extra seven touches per 48 minutes compared <laughs> to the regular season. It's crazy. It's absolutely. Now, like I okay, wait, you're factoring in per 48. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now it's, this has been the Doncic and Porzingis show. Okay. That, that's it. Doncic has a 36.3% usage rate, 1.69 fantasy points per minute, 51% assist rate, and 16.6% rebound rate. And I know it's it's nuts. But Porzingis has a he he he'd been in some foul trouble, but he's got a 33% usage rate, almost 1.5 fantasy points per minute. Like these two guys are basically this is this is the type of usage and, and opportunity. Actually, it, it exceeds what we saw from like Oklahoma city thunder, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook days. You know what I mean? This is a one, two punch right now that, and I'm serious when I say this, this is not hyperbole. You're not going to see this anywhere else in the league. You you just won't. There are no other teams right now that have a one and two like this that are, that are eating up 35 around percent usage each. It's insane what we're getting out of these guys from a production and from a usage standpoint. He's averaging Luca's averaging 11 more drives per 48. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I, you have to, it's, it's not just like, oh, 11 more touches. He's driving to the basket 11 more times per 48. It's nuts. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. He's playing out of his mind. And I think that you don't have the, you know, obviously over over the course of a season or a bigger sample, Giannis is the better producer at the price point uh, per minute, but you don't have any of the minutes concerns with Luca, And he's just doing so much right now that I think he's just a, a top player. Absolutely I mean, love him. And there's no way his ownership doesn't come up. Right now we have him projected for less ownership than Giannis and Vitacupo. Yeah. Well, they, the only concern would be that the Clippers clearly have two guys they can throw at him that are elite defenders but you know if doc rivers decides luca's not beating us they can do stuff to take him out of the game yeah and he's played two overtime games in the past like five days so you know maybe he's young now he's i'm I'm assuming he's fine the minutes have been through the roof for luca Doncic. Uh, in regulation he's gone 39 38 and 37 so uh big minutes across the board 
ton of opportunity, 20 plus field goal attempts in each. Uh, he's averaging in those three games about thir- or 14 free throw attempts. Just, you know, you name it, two triple doubles in three games. Everything he's doing is is off the charts. He's played two games against the Clippers with George and Kawhi active so far. First one was disappointing with 43 and a half DraftKings points. Second one, he played 35 minutes. He went for 36 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, and he only shot 25% from three. Crazy. Uh, Porzingis, unfortunately, doesn't have power forward eligibility, but uh, Adam, this guy's been stellar as well. He fouled out last game in only 27 minutes. So uh, that has to be kept in mind. When we're talking about Porzingis here, and if, if you're trying to, you know, decipher his minutes in that four-point win over Sacramento. But uh, he played uh, eight and a half minutes in the first quarter, uh, almost nine minutes in the second quarter. And in the first quarter, he had one personal foul. And then I don't think he got into foul trouble until the second half. Yeah, three personal fouls in his first five minutes of the third quarter. Then he caught another one. Three a uh, couple minutes into the fourth, and then he w- he got one and a half minutes into the fourth in his second stint, and was removed from that game. So uh, you could have expected to see a lot more op- opportunity from Porzingis, just like he had been thirty nine and thirty seven minutes before that. Uh, one was an overtime game. I'd give him around thirty five minutes today. He has been operating also with an insane amount of usage, and he's been wildly productive as well. Uh, where are you at on on Porzingis today, knowing that it's basically him and Doncic and everybody else is just along for the ride? Yeah, I really like him a lot uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, you mentioned the minutes that he's been playing. We had seen the rebounding numbers increasing prior to the, the break also, which was good. And, you know, you, you have Zubats on the Clippers. There's not really a whole lot else in that, that front court. Um, you know, I, they, they could go small and put George on him, I guess, or, or Kawhi. But um, I think that there's also extra upside because if the Clippers do kind of scheme to, to get the ball out of Luka's hands, it's going to Porzingis. Um, you know, basically, if the game plan is we're not letting Luka beat us, then it's Porzingis has to beat us is basically the, the flip of it. So um, I think that there is an even higher ceiling than usual because there is some percentage chance that the, the Clippers kind of force him to do a lot of the work. Any interest in... Uh the fantastic, phenomenal Tim Hardaway Jr. here? Not particularly. I mean, he's playing big minutes, but he's still like a 20% usage guy when he plays with Porzingis and Luka. 17.8% usage in these three games. That's what I'm saying. No one else is even close. Like, listen to this. You got Doncic at 36, Porzingis at 33. I'm not including Boban, who's playing like five minutes a game. Uh, Trey Burke is your next closest uh, at eight or 19%, Hardaway 17, eight, uh, Dorian Finney Smith 15, Seth Curry 13, Maxi Cleavers at 11%. There's just, there's nobody else. There's nobody else getting, getting that run. So, uh, yeah. So TJ, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is on the floor, but that's about it. Uh, I like Doncic and Porzingis. It, it, anytime I can get that type of volume, uh, it's minutes and volume, man. Minutes opportunity are more important than anything else. You're right. The matchup's tough, but uh, if they're going to be out there for that much time and just doing what they do, I, I don't really have any issue doing it. You know, just knowing that uh, the opportunity, if they don't produce Adam, at least I know that they had every opportunity to produce while on the floor. And that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. You're not worried about someone else taking shots away from them. 
Exactly. Uh, anything else on this game? Yeah. Uh, Trey Burke's 3,400. DeLon Wright's 3,700 without Seth Curry. You can't really be confident in either one because Rick Carlisle's rotations are so inconsistent from game to game. If you go back, you know, even when Curry was playing, um, a few games ago, Curry got in foul trouble. Trey Burke was the direct beneficiary. Then the next game, Trey Burke was barely even in the rotation. DeLon Wright got a bunch of minutes. Antonius Cleveland subbed in before Burke, and then Burke played something like 12 minutes. Then you go to the last game where they announced that Burke's going to start. They decide to start J.J. Barea instead. Trey Burke plays 24 minutes off the bench. DeLon Wright's barely in the rotation. Antonius Cleveland subs in ahead of him this time. There's nothing saying that this isn't the game DeLon Wright plays 24 minutes and, and Burke's barely in the rotation. But Burke is 3,400. If he gets around 24 minutes, uh, he's he projects as a pretty decent value in, in the same range as Andre Iguodala. The same goes for DeLon Wright. Um, I, I obviously wouldn't play them together because I think it's really likely that one plays like 24 and one plays like 16. Okay. Um, by the way... Totally forgot, absolutely forgot that uh, we have NBA coming up or MLB coming up. But uh, we'll, we'll keep going here. Portland and Denver, you've got the uh, Portland Trailblazers really looking great. I, I think they're, we talked about, it, I think they're in a, in a spot to excel and they make the playoffs, in my opinion. They've got Dame, you've got McCollum, and then you've got, Yusuf Nurkic, who has just been an absolutely dominant force in three games. Foul trouble last game, foul trouble first game. But outside of that, Adam, he is, as someone tweeted at us, top three, uh, clearly a top three center in the league. I'm not going that far yet, but I tweeted the other day, he is one of the most talented, versatile and unheralded centers in the game. And I will stand by that all day long. Yeah, he's very clearly getting the minutes over Whiteside, which is important because this had the potential to be just kind of a nightmare DFS situation if Terry Stotts didn't do what we wanted him to do. But uh, he's very clearly giving the minutes to Nurkic. This isn't a spot you're not now. You have him going up against a uh, true center in Jokic. They're they're very similar in terms of you know athleticism and, and everything. So you don't even have the concerns that you did against Houston, where maybe the game goes really small. Um, even though you know you and I agreed that wasn't a, a real big concern, but you don't even have that here. So no reason not to expect another 32 plus minutes as long as Nurkic doesn't get in foul trouble. The salary is getting up. You know that that's the only thing that. It is that makes it tough. You know, now he's more expensive than, than Porzingis. He's more expensive than Aiton. Uh, you know, there, there's all these other centers you can play. So um, it, it's not, it's not like it was a couple slates ago where he was, you know, 5,400 and then 6,800, but still has a really high ceiling at almost 9K. Hey, if you haven't hit that thumbs up yet, it helps us out a ton here to uh, battle that YouTube algorithm. I'm serious, man. The more likes we get, uh, the more it helps us expand our reach and, and, and get out to more people. And that's the simplest way you can help us. Uh, we do appreciate it greatly. Hit that subscribe button and the notification bell as well. So you always know when new content drops next. When we go live, you get notified. Well, I like that. I just made that up right now. That sounds pretty good, Adam. You didn't hear it, but that's okay. Absolutely did not. <laughs> just nod your head in agreement. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts overall on the Blazers today? Uh, against Denver in another game. These are going to be some great games, man. I think this is going to be another great one with a lot of fantasy potential, depending on what we get in terms of injuries for Denver. Yeah, this looks like a really fun slate in general. Some of them have been like every game is kind of just like, yeah, this kind of sucks. This isn't one of those days. Um, Dame, man, like 
he's so hard to talk about just because from a like a point per dollar projection standpoint, he's always going to look good, but not great compared to all the other plays on the slate. Like there's so many guys that have similar projections to him that are, you know, a thousand dollars less, but he's just so capable of taking over a game and going out there and getting you those 60 or 65 fantasy points that um, when the salary is expensive enough to keep his ownership down, which I'm assuming it is today. Uh, yeah. You know, right now we have him at 14% ownership, which is probably a little bit high on DraftKings, but um, it, it's not, you know, crazy. I think that that he's appealing. It's just, you know, how do you really prioritize him over some of the mid range or, you know, the cheaper guys that have very, very similar um, projections. Okay. Um, dude, Nurkic is so expensive, but I, I look at, Center has so many good op- like Nurgage at eighty nine, Porzingis at eighty five hundred, Bam at seventy seven without Butler, maybe without Goran Dragic, uh, Aiton against a poor rebounding center and Miles Turner. Uh, I won't go too far, too much further into it, Adam. But you have all of that, and then flip it around, and you've got Nikola Jokic, who's averaging one hundred and seventeen touches per game in this restart. He's absolutely dominating the possession game. Uh, and that's what you want to see from a big man like him with this type of versatility he has. Center from top to bottom, well, sorry, from mid-range to the top at center is absolutely stacked today, and Jokic is no exception. Yeah, you know, and, and I think he's been benefiting from Murray being out. You obviously get more touches, you get more assist opportunities and more usage, but that's also been the story for the entire season, that he just does a lot of everything, and you're, you're getting big minutes from him as well. So, um, yeah, just a, another great center option against what's well, not a great Portland defense. Yeah, he's averaging 17 rebound chances uh, per game since we got underway. Uh, my assumption, I'm looking it up right now, his potential assists are probably like 15 or something, maybe even higher. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Nikola Jokic, potential assists per game are... 14.3. I was close. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like him. Do, do we know, have you seen anything on, on these Denver players yet? The only thing I've seen is that they were all out yesterday, uh, and now they've got a second of a back-to-back from Jamal Murray to Will Barton to Gary Harris. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen Barton Harris being ruled out pretty early in you know, before games. And then Murray's kind of been closer to to lock. So my guess is that Murray is like truly questionable. Um, The other two I'm assuming don't play. Okay. Uh, Thoughts on this Denver team. Otherwise, Michael Michael Porter Jr. I wish he would disappear. Um, (laughs) His price is getting exceedingly high right now. But after two huge. That's the thing. Like, is it? I I really don't know. Because if. Sorry, let, let let me put it this way. Based on what he was at the start of all of this compared to now, yes. Uh, is it too high? That is it higher than it should be? Probably not. He, he's he's actually playing a ton of minutes. His usage is up there. He's rebounding very well, uh, and he's getting a ton of uh, overall chances. So, no. In, in that case, no. Yeah, I think it's if Mike Malone is committed to playing him and not benching him every time he does something stupid on the defensive end of the floor then he's not expensive enough, you know, because you're talking 34 to 36 minutes of a guy who's going to go out there and shoot and he's, he rebounds at a really high rate. If Mike, if you're still at risk of Mike Malone just constantly benching him, then then the risk is really high. But I do think that, you know, you're talking about a young player who they're developing and who's playing really, really well right now. I think that he probably has a relatively long leash. 
at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm more willing to go ahead and give him those those mid thirties minutes, which is going to make him look like a really good play. I think it is. Uh, it's crazy to me that we're looking at this price here with Portland uh, with Denver, you know, battling jockeying for playoff position, and and here he is, Michael Porter Jr., just putting up huge numbers. And I know earlier in this, in a couple of days ago, you were worried that Michael Porter Jr. might be getting his minutes cut. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought uh, if Schroeder had played in the OKC game, I, I would have been interested to see what happened because that just would have been a really tough lineup for him to be out there defensively. Um, without Schroeder, it made sense for him to not have trouble. Um, San Antonio is not a team that should have given him trouble. I'm not too concerned about him here against Portland either. They're, you know, Gary Trent, he can he can handle. Um, you can kind of just hide him on like Zach Collins, who doesn't do anything offensively and have Millsap defend Mello potentially. Like there, there's ways around having him be a problem here as well. The ball ball hype was short-lived. I'll tell you that much. Uh, closing out this one, Monty Morris, if Jamal Murray's out, the minutes should be there. Are you interested and are you interested in anyone else for the Nuggets? Not overly interested in Morris. I think that there's just a lot of good guard value today. Um, you know, whether it's Dragic or if Dragic is out, it's none. Um, there, there's going to be a good, really good guard value for Miami, at least one. So uh, Morris, you know, he gets the minutes if Murray, if, if Murray is out, but he's still losing usage to guys like Porter and Millsap and, and Jokic. Um, I do have interest in going back to some Millsap. He burned me yesterday, only played 17 minutes, dealt with foul trouble, and then just didn't play in the fourth quarter. But uh, he, he's not... As he's not at as much risk of losing minutes typically. Uh, yesterday, you know, he, he did in the fourth, but with uh, Jeremy Grant playing some minutes alongside of him, there's more minutes there, and he is a productive player. So, um, not a priority, but I do think someone that probably goes pretty low on here. All right. Uh, Lakers in Houston, MLB strategy show coming up right after this. Do not go anywhere. We're going to be breaking down a, a somewhat abbreviated slate here with Josh Engelman and Terry McBride. They'll be handling that. We'll toss it over in just a moment. Houston and the L.A. Lakers. Adam, take this one away. As of now, you've got the Lakers as one-and-a-half-point favorites, 227 total. Uh, Both teams coming off a loss. Yeah, it should be a a good game at least. Um, Houston, you obviously – we know that they're going to space the floor. They're going to take a lot of threes. Um, The pricing – is pretty favorable on Harden and Westbrook, I think. Harden will be tough because I, I do prefer Luka. Uh, potentially, I prefer Giannis. If, if we get any sort of indication, he's going to play real minutes. Westbrook at 9K, I think, is the, the better value over Harden just because um, they have similar usage rate projections and Westbrook, and they play similar minutes. Uh, Westbrook, obviously, a lot cheaper. So he's my favorite guy from Houston. Covington's priced up a bit. I think it'll be tough to get there. And I'm not too interested in, in paying the salaries for House or Tucker, um, Jeff Green center only, so no chance in hell. Um, it, it's mostly Westbrook, I think, from Houston. What about the Lakers? They said so. so they they say that they're playing their starters on you know in, in this back to back. I think there's at least some risk that that doesn't happen, but. Um, also, I think they will, and they'll just play like 30 minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see what they ended up doing. Cause, I mean, yesterday was tough because it was a blowout as well. Um, you got 30 minutes from LeBron, but he missed his final stint in the fourth. You got 29 minutes from Davis. He lost like four minutes. It looked like they were probably playing like 32 to 34 if that game had been competitive. Um, 
you know, so I think I think that's probably the most likely outcome is you just don't see them play 37 or 38 minutes that they, they kind of play like low 30s. Um, and I think that, you know, on this slate with as many good plays as there are, that's enough to make me not overly interested in them. You know, maybe a little bit better on FanDuel since you have more restrictions as far as where you can roster guys. But on DraftKings where you can, you know, kind of just bounce guys around, like I don't want to pay 10-3 for Anthony Davis at the same position. I can pay 7,200 for Aiden. Uh, that's, you know, just going to be a really tough selling point. What did JaVale McGee's rotation look like? Um, did he play into the fourth? He played, yeah, he played 22 minutes. Um, I know he played out. 22, but what did his fourth quarter rotation look like in a blowout? He, he played five and a half minutes in the fourth. He subbed out at the same time that Anthony Davis and KCP did. And okay. Kuzma did with three uh, and a half minutes to go. JaVale McGee could be a legitimately good play today. Yeah, so, I was I curious. Really to, so, so that's the thing, though. Do they that, – that was a game against Oklahoma City. Now you have this game against Houston. Do they actually run JaVale McGee for 24 to 26 minutes? It's or a great they, question. You would have to know that he's starting. Um you would have to. I would have to know that he's starting. Uh, Even if he starts, though, like, what? Why wouldn't the closing lineup in this matchup be like Davis, Kuzma? Oh, I don't think he'd close. I still think he'd get twenty-two minutes if he started without Dwight Howard. I, I, like, I, hear, what? I hear what you're saying. Well, it's very. They could easily just throw Davis at the five. There's no doubt. Yeah, or, or, or Markeith Morris. You know, give yeah. more more bench minutes to Deion Waiters. Um, I, I think there's a. I'd, I'd be really surprised if McGee plays mid twenties here. Okay. Like I, I think there's a really good chance he plays his stints to start the first and the third, and that you know Morris gets twelve minutes, Waiters gets like twenty four minutes, you know J.R. Smith gets maybe like fourteen or something. If McGee does get twenty minutes in this game at thirty four hundred, he's probably going to annihilate this team on the board. So that that I agree with. Yeah, so I don't. You're right. I don't know, but if he does start, I'd be willing to, to sprinkle him in a little bit just because he's so cheap. Uh, anything the, else? The there? other thing that's that scares me there is, you know, for one, I think the minutes are really uncertain. But even if let, let's say I put him in for 24 minutes and he projects for like I don't know 27, 28 DraftKings points, that's obviously phenomenal at 3,400. But it does mean that you're probably giving up at least 20 raw points at the center position. Yeah, it's a deep position. That's a fair point. Um, with no uh, multi-position eligibility. It's a good point. Um, all right. Hey, uh, before we head out, if you haven't checked out awesomeo.com yet, go to awesomeo.com slash join. Check out everything we have to offer. If you're new to the channel, welcome. Uh, if you'd like to see what we have uh, outside of just YouTube, all of our ownership projections, our player projections, our top stack tool, all of our tools, all of our premium content, uh, all of these tools created by Alex Baker, Osimo himself, the number one ranked DFS player in the world. He doesn't just create them. He doesn't just slap his name on them. He uses them to win a ton of money all the time. Uh, and you get access to them simply by going to awesomeo.com slash join. We just ran through the uh, promo code, uh, but still the monthly package, all access Osimo Plus from baseball, basketball, hockey, MMA, NASCAR, uh, League of Legends, you name it, we've got everything over there. You you need not go anywhere else when it comes to DFS content because if these sites have contests, we've got all of the content for you. And uh, I'd love to have you come check it out. Come say what's up in the premium Slack chat if you join as well. And hey, follow us on Twitter at awesome underscore com. Follow Adam at Ship My Money DFS for some outrageous comments every day. Uh, and if you like to talk about sports on Twitter, follow me at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. No, you're an entertaining character, man. I'll give it to you. Anyway, that'll do it for us. We'll be back with you today, live before like 3 p.m. Eastern time, leading up to 4 o'clock. 
for this five-game slate. Stick around. MLB coming up next. Josh Ingham and Terry McBride. Peace.